Yo, what is going on everyone? My name is Nick or the Notorious Fantasy and in today's video we're going to be talking about my week number two top 24 tight end and quarterback rankings for the 2023 fantasy football season. But before we could get into things, I would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video, then please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below while you're down there. Whether you are new to the channel or not, please make sure you leave a like on today's video. It would help me out a ton. If you want to follow me on Twitter or X, please please do so at NotoriousFNTSY. And if you want to check out my Patreon for $7.50, the link is in the video description and in the pinned comment on there, you get my weekly rankings as well as answers to all of the questions you may have. So without further ado, let's get in to my top 24 quarterback and tight end rankings for week number two of the 2023 fantasy football season. We begin with the S tier at the quarterback position. It is important to note, though, that any players that played on Thursday Night Football are not included in my rankings because they already locked, right? You can't just magically throw one of those guys into your lineup. Jalen Hurts was initially my quarterback one, but since Hurts is not included in these rankings, Josh Allen is my QB one of the Buffalo Bills going up against the Las Vegas Raiders at home in Buffalo. Now, last week up against the Jets was a complete and utter disaster for Josh Allen. Now, this was a game where things should have been easy, like A, B, C, 1, 2, 3, like he's a part of the Jackson 5, right? Aaron Rodgers goes down three milliseconds into the game, and now it's Josh Allen versus, obviously, the Jets defense, but Josh Allen versus Zach Wilson, right? If you're Josh Allen, all you got to do is just play it safe. Take the safe dump offs, right? Just move the ball and win the game because we all know deep down Zach Wilson isn't going to do anything. But instead, Josh Allen tries to put a cape on and turn into a superhero and have a huge game. He had not one, not two, but three interceptions. And he also had a fumble. So four turnovers for Josh Allen, quarterback 20 on the week right? This was an incredibly bad game for Josh Allen. He was the guy that was getting fucking bukkake'd last week. He was getting hit, rocked, everything. Couldn't throw the ball to anyone. He was seeing the field like Helen Keller. But I think in week number two, he is going to be the man laying the bukkake down, right? Up against a putrid Raiders defense. Now I know people say, Nick, the Raiders defense looked good against Russell Wilson. Well, that was Russell Wilson, and this is Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen is in for a humongous bounce-back spot up against the Raiders on Sunday. At number two, we have Patrick Mahomes of the Kansas City Chiefs going up against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Somewhat of a down game for Mahomes in week one, but he was still a top eight quarterback. This week, up against the Jacksonville Jaguars, his boy Travis Kelsey returns to form here, and we should just be excited for this matchup. This has one of the highest scoring Vegas totals on the week. I expect this to be a back and forth tit for tat, rock'em, sock'em, robots affair between two defenses that are far from ideal. So I think Mahomes is going to put up a huge score in week number two. Next up, we move to the A-tier quarterbacks, beginning with T-Law, touchdown Jesus, Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars, going up against the Kansas City Chiefs, quarterback number eight last week for Lawrence. Quarterback seven was Mahomes. A very solid game up against the Colts defense. Now, to start off the game, in the first half, Trevor Lawrence looked invincible, like Vince Papali, right? He looked unstoppable. 
You could not stop Trevor Lawrence. He was slicing and dicing his way through the defense. And then in the second half, it was like everything fell apart. Now, he still had a decent game, was still a top eight quarterback. But I think this is a better game for Trevor Lawrence up against the Chiefs. Again, this is projected to be a very high scoring game, a wet dream matchup for Mr. Trevor Lawrence. So I expect a solid game out of him. At number four, we move to Justin Herbert, the pervert of the LA Chargers, going up against the Atlanta Dons in Tennessee. Quarterback six last week up against the Miami Dolphins. Now, it would appear that Justin Herbert, the pervert, will be without Austin Eckler in this game. And I do think that will play a large factor in Justin Herbert. I did initially have Justin Herbert ranked ahead of Trevor Lawrence because of how much he uses Austin Eckler. But now, most likely without Austin Eckler, that's going to hurt Herbert. Now, is it going to completely derail him? No. But it hurts losing your sidekick, right? The fucking... Robin to Herbert's Batman, right? Herbert loves dumping the ball off. A lot of his plays are around the line of scrimmage. He loves to dump the ball off Deckler. Now he won't have it. Now, is Josh Kelly, like, inept and he can't do anything? No. But it will hurt Herbert. Again, though, the Titans' defense... I know a lot of people like to give the uh, sucky sucky to the Titans defense. I don't think the Titans defense is very good. So at the end of the day, even with it, without Eckler, Herbert will be just fine. But again, I did bump him down one spot because of that. At number five, we have Lamar Jackson. And at number six, we have the guys going up against Joe Shiesty. So Lamar up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati week one in what could only be described as probably the easiest matchup you've ever fucking seen up against the Houston Texans quarterback 26 seven on the week now the Ravens were scoring it was just all the running backs doing the work Dobbins gets hurt and then the other running backs are scoring so we enter into week two the Cincinnati Bengals just got shellacked in their last game by the Cleveland Browns the Browns bent them over a table so we got a bounce back game for Joe Shiesty and a get right game for Lamar Jackson, I do think this will be a higher scoring game as well. So I like both Lamar as well as Joe Burrow. Again, while I just kind of shit on the chest of Lamar Jackson, it was way worse for Joe Burrow, right? At least Lamar wasn't really his fault. They were just running it in when they got to the red zone, right? He still looked like Lamar Jackson. Joe Burrow looked like a fucking chicken with his head cut off behind the offensive line. Quarterback 31 on the week. This motherfucker threw 31 times. For a grand total of 82 yards. All right? So it's bounce back season for Joe Burrow. Again, I'm not panicking completely off of week one. And speaking of not panicking, the B tier, one man and one man only, Justin Fields of the Chicago Bears going up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa Bay. Now, Fields wasn't a humongous bust in week number one. But he didn't necessarily look how I thought he would. Quarterback 15 on the week, one touchdown, one interception, 59 rushing yards, 216 passing yards now could it just be that the Packers will forever own even without Aaron Rodgers the Bears maybe that's the case and maybe the Packers defense is just chef's kiss manufuik now Fields gets the Bucks while the Bucks did beat Kirko chains down last week Vikings start 0-2 that defense is nowhere near the level of the Packers so again, there's going to be people that are shit in the bed, panicking, fucking waking up with cold sweats in the middle of the night like Tony Soprano. 
thinking about how Justin Fields is going to screw him over again. Again, I really do believe this is a get-right game. You didn't draft Justin Fields as high as you did to panic off of one down game. Moving now to the C tier, we got a bunch of quarterbacks in this tier. Quarterbacks 8 through 11 at number 8, AR15, Anthony Richard, son of the Houston Texans in Houston in his first ever start. I told you guys, I was a little scared. I was petrified to start Anthony Richardson because it was his first fucking game against a somewhat competent defense in the Jaguars. Again, we talked about the Jaguars defense. I don't think there's some world beaters, but I also don't think there's some pushover, right? You'll be four on the week. You wanna know why that is? Because the guy's a rushing guru. 10 carries in that game. You think he's not going to do that again against the Texans? Now, I know, Nick, the Texans, uh, Lamar didn't score too well against the Texans. Throw that out of your mind. Anthony Richardson, as long as he's healthy, which it appears he's going to be, he was not on the injury report starting Wednesday, so I'm not panicking at all. Michael Pittman Jr. looks electric out there. I am ecstatic about Anthony Richardson. I was banging the drum all offseason for him. I hope you got him. At number nine, my boy Tua, Tongue of Vailoa, Mr. 466, get your kicks. Uh, Route 66 going up against the New England Deflatriots in primetime Sunday night football in Foxborough. Quarterback one in week one. Tua needs a wheelbarrow like he's Stan Marsh or whatever the fuck the dad's name is in South Park. Stan's the kid. Whatever his name is, where he had the, his nuts in the wheelbarrow, that's what Tua needs. Quarterback one on the week. Now, the Patriots' defense is good. Now, I think the Chargers' defense is good. Tua just sliced and diced them up like a nice tomato. But I think that this is going to be a more low-scoring game. So I can't put Tua super high up. But I will acknowledge that for some reason, the Dolphins fail to understand that they should just run the ball. They don't run, they just let Tua cook. And it's fun as a fan, but it's also super stressful. But Tua, again, worst matchup. Don't think it'll be a high-scoring game. But after what he did last week, and based upon the matchups of other quarterbacks, I feel like he's a shoo-in to be a top-12 quarterback on the week. Moving to, moving, moving to QB number 10, the Goffinator, Jared Goff. Do you guys remember last week's matchup, or not last week, last year's matchup of the Lions versus the Seahawks? That was a matchup that can only be defined in one way. Actually, two ways. It was one of those like five round championship UFC fights where one guy wins round one. It's going back and forth. In the final fight, they're fucking leaving the octagon bloody. One guy loses his eye in the ring and he needs an eye patch, right? Or it's like when you show up at a party and there's two chicks in a bikini having a mud wrestle, right? And you're you're bricked up a little bit, right? Even though you can't be, you're a little bricked up. That's what was like watching Jared Goff versus the Seattle Seahawks. Nick! Um, how many parties have you been at where there was two women mud wrestling? The answer would be zero, but I thought it was funny, so I said it. Okay. Truth be told. But Goff versus Seattle, this was fucking beautiful last year. If anyone remembers it, it was insane. Now, Gino looked really bad week one. When Aaron Donald came toward him, he basically sent a prayer to fucking Jesus to every, every, <laughs> every, uh, higher being said, oh God, or something like when fucking Aaron Donald came after. It was so funny. But so Gino's still a little bit lower down, but Jared Goff looked good against the Chiefs. Didn't have a great fancy finish quarterback 18, but I think this is a better game for him. Really high scoring game environment. I like the Goffinator. Closing in on the C tier, we got Big Cock Brock, BCB, Big Cock Brock Purdy of the Niners going up against the Rams. 
I believe the Rams versus the 49ers, they're down bad. The Rams, I think, are 1-8 and eight in their last nine meetings. The only win the Rams have was uh, that championship game where that safety or corner from the Rams just dropped the ball. Oops. But yeah, that's the only win the Rams have. In the regular season, Shanahan has Sean McVay in a chastity belt. So Brock Purdy... Quarterback 10 up against the Steelers. Now I know the Rams defense looked good against Geno Smith last week. I know. But uh, Brock Purdy is going to go in there and uh, swing his cock around like Indiana Jones. So I think, again, Nick, that's not really a breakdown. Um, Okay. The real breakdown, the Rams stink against the 49ers. Brock Purdy has George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey, and Brandon Ayuk. He's going to have a top 12 performance. Moving now to the next tier of quarterbacks in the D tier with Danny. Throw it on a dime like I ain't even trying. Jones up against the Arizona Cardinals in Arizona. I know week one was a disaster, a flaming pile of dog shit. Uh, Even the rain that was heavily pouring down in MetLife Stadium couldn't stop the flaming pile of dog shit offense that the Giants had. Okay, so what you're going to do is forget about it. Don't think about it. It is what it is. Now they get the Cardinals. I know Sam Howell struggled a little bit against the Arizona Cardinals, but uh, I think Danny Dimes, Brian Dable, get right game. Now the, the next game, they've got a prime time game. I think Thursday night football against the 49ers, which is going to scare the living shit out of me. But this game against the Arizona Cardinals, no biggie for Danny Dimes. Moving to quarterback 13 here in the D tier. Deshaun Watson of the Cleveland Browns going up against the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. I know week one isn't just time to victory lap, right? I can't sit here and fucking stroke my guitar like Deshaun Watson strokes his guitar and probably like some masseuses stroke something else for him. Deshaun Watson played good in week one, quarterback five on the week. So while I don't want to overreact and blow my load metaphorically, he looked good and I said he was going to look good. So let's keep it up, Deshaun. Week two against the Steelers defense in prime time. Now you're going to show the world just how great you are, Mr. Deshaun Watson. Again, did he look like MVP Deshaun last week? No, he threw a stupid fucking interception, boneheaded play. But he looked good. I have to admit, he looked good. Looked way better than last year. And if he keeps doing that with a solid receiver core of Elijah Moore, Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Njoku, Nine Inch Nicholas Chubb, Right, We're going to see better days out of Watson, but the matchup does scare me enough not to rank him higher. Number 14, Geno Smith of the Seattle Seahawks going up against the Detroit Lions in Detroit again. Last time these two teams played, Rock'em Sock'em Robots matchup, high-scoring game, but Geno looked really bad in Week 1. So again, I'm not full-on panic mode. I'm not telling you guys to sit Geno Smith. The matchup is beautiful, right? It's erotic. But what I will say is if Geno went out there against the Rams and was like the quarterback 13, not quarterback 25, I would have him ranked higher, if I'm being honest with you. Again, I'm not trying to have bias from week one, but it was a little bit scary. Didn't look great. That whole offense, Pete Carroll chewing gum on the sideline, he needs to figure this shit out. Moving now to the D tier, before we break down the D tier as well as the rest of the tiers at quarterback, and then the tight end tiers, I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends and our sponsor over at Underdog Fantasy. 
Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em for the NFL in the whole entire world. And Underdog has this great offer for you guys today. Underdog is giving away $10,000 to 10 lucky winners who use this to a total yards pick. That's $100,000 this week. 10 winners will be selected at random from all eligible users who make an entry with this pick. And this is just the beginning. They are going to be doing this every single week. All you have to do is enter. There are no requirements for the entry winning. So even if your entry ends up losing, you could still win the $10,000 or minimum fees. So you can put just $1 on your pick'em slip and potentially win the $10,000. So we're going to go ahead and make a slip right now. I am a Dolphins fan. I love Tua. I think Tua is going to go higher than 271 and a half total yards. And then we are going to match that with Patrick Mahomes higher then 296 and a half passing yards. If this pick'em slip hits, we will get three times our entry fee. And if you don't want to enter the max entry amount, which is $20, you can do just $1 and try to go ahead and get lucky and win that $10,000 on Sunday. To enter in this pick'em contest, you need to be in one of these states that are on the screen right now. If you are new to Underdog Fantasy, make sure you use promo code Notorious for a first match deposit bonus up to $100. You deposit $100, they give you an additional $100 and make sure if you have a gambling problem that you call 1-800-GAMBLER. Back on into things, number 15, Derek Carr, formerly of the Raiders, now on the Saints, going up against the Panthers in Carolina in primetime Monday night football. Quarterback 14 last week against the Titans. Didn't even look good in that game, in my opinion. Made some dumb plays, but he's got Olave, he's got Michael Thomas, he's got Am Shahid, Rashid Shahid, Jawan Johnson, Taysom Hill got some weapons there. Taysom Hill is kind of a joke throwing, but you know, in the red zone, fucking car threw him the ball. Panthers defense didn't look great in week one against Hot Lana. So Derek Carr, quarterback 14 last week, should be a similar range of quarterback this week. Again, when you play Carr, he's a lot like some missionary, right? It's not f- like, sure, you, you get it. I guess I was about to say it's not fun. It is fun, right? But just nothing special. Gets the job done. Top 15 quarterback. Could he pop off and maybe get a little spicy, right? Maybe, right? Because it is the Panthers he's going against. But Derek Carr is very vanilla, right? It is what it is. You're just going to be fine that you played him. You're not going to be super happy. But he also won't sink your team's battleship. Number 16, we got Dickie Dak Prescott going up against the Jumbo Jets at home in Jerry's World. Quarterback 29 in week one again. Derek Carr, not Derek Carr. Dak Prescott didn't have to do shit in week one. That was just steamroll, a pile driver of a game up against the Giants. So he's in for a bounce back spot here. But the problem is... How is he going to bounce back against the Jets? Because the Jets' defense looked good. Now, I know Sauce Gardner got sauced up like the Little Uzi song by Stefan Diggs, but there's other players on that defense that are incredibly good. So while this would normally be like, oh, the Dallas offense looked amazing, the defense looked great, this should be a shellacking, it might be a shellacking. But it might be because Tony Pollard rushes for two touchdowns again, right? Or Tony Pollard goes crazy and Dak has just a decent game. Again, the matchup alone has me a little bit nervous to rank him higher than quarterback number 16. I would get why you might want to rank him higher for me. Just quarterback 16 is like the sweet spot. I can't go higher. Like I even contemplated putting Jordan love me tender, love me sweet of the Packers going up against the Falcons in Atlanta. Quarterback three in week one. Quarterback three. Now, I'm not here to crown this motherfucker Biggie Small style as the second coming of Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers, but man, oh man, 
That looked pretty good. Quarterback three against the Bears. Falcons defense, who knows how good they are? They played the Panthers. Let's see. Out of Jordan, love me, tender, love me, sweet. I don't think Aaron Jones is going to play or Christian Watson, which sucks for Jordan Love. Again, not going to crown him too early, but he's got the Falcons, the Saints, the Lions, then the Raiders. So five straight games of juiciness early on in the season. Once Watson and Aaron Jones are back, it might be wheels up for Jordan Love's fantasy value. And just looking at the schedule right now, Jordan Love's schedule is Moy Caliente. It's amazing. I know Moy Caliente doesn't mean amazing. Super hot fire. After the bye, Denver, Minnesota, Rams, Pittsburgh, Chargers, Detroit, Kansas City, Giants, Tampa, Carolina, Minnesota, Chicago. Jordan Love might fuck around and be a top 12 quarterback at the end of the season. Moving now to the ETR at the quarterback position. QBs 18 through 20. Number 18, Russell Wilson of the Denver Broncos. Mr. Unlimited. Quarterback 16 in week one against the Raiders. Commander's defense better than the Raiders defense. He does get back Jerry Judy. Uh, so I'll have Judy, Cortland Sutton, Javante Williams seemingly getting more healthy. Samaj AP, Ryan Dolchich out, but they still have the Trout Man, the Fish Man, Adam Troutman. So again, not going to give the gawk gawk to Russell Wilson. He looked just about a right week one. If he continues to build on that, he'll be a guy I want to start weekly. But right now, the matchup just isn't great. Like, I'm, it's not singing to me. The birdies aren't flying in like in a fucking princess movie to tell me to start Russell Wilson. Number 19, Mac Jones. Now, on paper, this might be a rip the butthole open of a defense matchup for Mac Jones, right? The Dolphins defense got exposed. He was the quarterback, too, in week one against Philly. But I didn't think he looked great. The stats look great. I watched the game. Didn't look that great, in my opinion. Dolphins defense, I think, bounces back, plays a little bit better. Again, I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. I talked about it with Tua, so I can't just give Mac Jones a way higher ranking because, again, I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. At number 20, Matthew Stafford up against the Niners. Stafford looked good. No Cooper Cup. Didn't matter. Sauced up. Beat down the, the Seattle Seahawks. But now he plays his kryptonite. The 49ers, without cut, potentially without Puka Nakua. When Tutu Atwell is your number one receiver, shit ain't sweet, man. It's not. So, uh, Matthew Stafford, maybe he's back, right? Maybe he'll be a great quarterback. But this week against San Francisco, he's better left on the pine. But there's worse options. The F tier, number 21. Can you do something for me? Baker of the Bucks going up against the Bears quarterback, 13. Baker, if you didn't watch his mic'd up, some of the funniest shit I've ever heard. I love Baker Mayfield, so I'm not trying to gawk gawk him here. But he, he said to the players, like his team is like, oh, we're, we're going to get the win. You got, we're going to party in the showers afterwards. Just saying the most random shit. Very funny. My type of humor. Very funny. But Baker looked good against the Vikings, right? This is a good matchup against Chicago. But we've seen this out of Baker before. Like, holy shit. Baker's back. Baker this. Baker that. And then it's not just a little fall off, right? He doesn't just get mildly worse. No, he fucking falls off the edge of the earth. Humbles down. So while I like Baker this week against Chicago, I couldn't stomach ranking him higher because it scares me that this, even though it's a good matchup, will be a letdown spot. Number 22, Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill, going up against the Chargers quarterback 30 last week. Again, I talked about this all week, talking about the rankings, the start sits. Ryan Tannehill looks like the worst I've ever fucking seen him in my life. In my life. I, as a Dolphins fan, as someone that likes Ryan Tannehill, he looked bad. Three picks, no tugs. 
Uh, under 200 passing yards. Not great for Tannehill. But now he gets the Chargers that just got corked up by the Dolphins. Now, I think the Chargers' defense is better than what they showed in Week 1. And I think Tannehill's better than what he showed in Week 1. But the problem is, DeAndre Hopkins might not play. Tannehill can't find wide-open receivers on the field. So again, while I'm positive that Tannehill isn't completely washed... Ranking him much higher than this a little bit. Crazy at number 23, Sam Howell of the Commanders going up against the Broncos. Quarterback 11 in week one against the Cardinals. A nut low NFL defense. A bottom of the shelf, bottom of the barrel defense. Now he gets the Broncos. So while I'm not here to completely just say, oh, the Broncos are one of the best defenses in the NFL, because Jimmy Guap carved them up a little bit like the Thanksgiving turkey, the turducken John Madden style. But Sam Howell... Sam Howell. We got to see more out of him before I can rank him higher. And then number 24, again, once you get past Kenny Pickett, you're in the range of, like, Stroud or Jimmy Guap or Desmond Ritter's going to throw the ball three times, Zach Wilson. Like, it just gets real gross. So, again, Pickett, quarterback 24, abysmally bad in week one. Not just abysmally bad, downright terrible, putrid, hard to watch. Now he gets Cleveland. I think Pickett's a better quarterback than people give him credit for, but he lost Deontay Johnson, his main target, the injury. And the Cleveland defense looked pretty good. I, I'm just sticking him down here, quarterback 24. Moving now to the tight ends. If you guys have enjoyed thus far, make sure you hit that like button, hit that subscribe button down below if you are new. Travis Kelsey, tight end number one. You don't have to think twice about this. You just rank Travis Kelsey as the tight end number one. Going up against the Jaguars, sure, he might still be a little bit hobbled from having a fun time with Taylor Swift the night before the game. But ultimately, Kelsey's still the best tight end in the NFL. In a great game script against the Jags. Tight end one. Tight end two, Marky Mark Andrews. Maki Mock Andrews going up against the Cincinnati Bengals in Cincinnati. Questionable with the quad injury. Missed week one. Think this is his spot to play. I'd be shocked if he doesn't play. Should be a higher scoring game. Again, these are the two best tight ends in the NFL, in my opinion, at number one and number two. In the A tier, we got Waller. In this tier was also TJ Hawkinson. Waller down bad week one, but he was targeted early on. And then once the game got out of hand, it was no bueno for this whole Giants offense. Lots of negative reports on Waller's injury, but then Waller's been talking about that it's not really lingering. He's going to be just fine, so we'll see. Obviously, a hamstring injury sucks, but he was ta- I talked about him heavily in the offseason, talked about how this guy is just dominating in the red zone, in training camp, in the preseason. He's getting hella targets. I'm not cutting bait after one bad game. Moving to the B tier, we got another guy that's just by himself. Dallas Goddard was in this tier initially. George Kittleme Timbers of the 49ers going up against the Rams. The 49ers own the Rams. Kittle is very hit or miss. I guess they never miss, huh? If you know that song, you've been on TikTok for like the last eight years. But uh, Kittle, six targets, three receptions, 19 yards. This is what he does. He gets you three points or he gets you 50 fantasy points. Again, not 50, but you get what I mean. He's getting three or 20. Week one, he got two. Better days are ahead for Kittle. Again, you're never going to sit George Kittle. It's just what he has been for a majority of his career. At tight end number five, beginning the C-tier, Hunter Henry going up against the Miami Dolphins at home in New England. Tight end one in week one, but there wasn't a lot of great tight end performances. One touchdown, five receptions, 56 receiving yards was enough to be sitting at the top of the charts back in your hearts. Drake style as the tight end number one. So I expect the tight ends to be better in week one. But it was kind of showing how much Mac Jones favorited Hunter Henry. Who knows if Parker's going to play? I don't think Tyquan Thornton's going to play because I think he's on the IR. So 
Just seems like, hey, again, lower scoring game. I don't think he'll score a touchdown, but I don't really expect, even in a revenge game for Mike Licky, I'm Agasicki, uh, I still think Henry is a valuable asset on this team. At number six, Evan Ingram, EZE, tight end nine in week one, five for five for 49 receiving yards. This should be a decent game. Again, high-scoring game environment. Calvin Ridley does, in a way, cuck some of Evan Ingram's upside. But at the same time, Ingram could easily score a touchdown in this spot. At number 7, the Chief, David Njoku, going up against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. He had three targets, two receptions, 24 yards in Week 1 against the Bengals in a coast-to-a-victory game. This game should be a little bit closer, in my opinion, up against the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Njoku is a touchdown-or-bust type of tight end, but... I feel safer with him than Fryermuth because I just feel like the Cleveland offense is better. At number eight, Fryermuth, tight end six in week one, one reception, three yards, and a touchdown. Will he luck back box into a touchdown again? I'm not sure. But without Deontay Johnson, we should be seeing more targets for Fryermuth. At number nine, Kyle Pitts. Now, if you watch the tape on Kyle Pitts, I know three targets, two receptions, 44 receiving yards. If you watch the all 22, I swear to you, this motherfucker ran 20 routes, I believe it was. Now, I don't have that memorized completely. So, for instance, he ran 20 yards or 20 routes. He was open on, I think, 19 out of 20. There was one where he was so open and Ritter didn't throw him the ball that Pitts started talking shit to the corner or whoever was on him for, like, getting their ankles shattered. And he didn't even get thrown the ball. Like, Pitts is running legendary routes. Like, this guy is wide open. He's a behemoth. And they just don't throw him the ball. So maybe one day that'll change. Again, while I'm telling you guys to sit Drake London, the tight end landscape is disgusting. Week in and week out, there's there's not a lot of consistent tight ends. So while Pitts sucked a big hog week one, he was open a bunch. So let's just hope that he gets the ball this time. Tight end number 10, Tyler Higby of the Rams going up against the Niners. If Puka doesn't play, that should be a bump up for Higby. Tight end 8 in week number 1. The problem with Higby and why I don't have him ranked higher is the matchup scares me. Again, the 49ers are dominating the Rams. One one win in the last 8 games for for the Rams against the 49ers? That is simply... Not going to cut it. Moving now to the D tier, Sam Laporta, tight end 11, tight end 14 in week one. Five targets, five receptions, 39 receiving yards. They don't really have a clear tight or number two receiver. I guess it would be Josh Reynolds. But outside of Amon Ra, they're kind of devoid of talent in the receiver core. So I think that's going to involve Sam Laporta more. Again, high scoring matchup. Last time these two teams played, TJ Hawkinson went nuclear. Maybe it'll be Laporta this time. At number 12, Gerald Everett of the Chargers going up against the Tennessee Titans in Tennessee. Tight end 26 in week one for Everett. Uh, this guy's very much touchdown or bust, but once you get past those first couple tight ends, they kind of all are. I think Herbert is going to have to throw more in this game. I think we see more Gerald Everett. We didn't see a lot of Quentin Johnston. So I think that does help out Everett not having a great receiver out there. Number 13, Hayden Hurst, tight end number two in week one. Don't think he repeats this, but we have seen in the past Bryce Young, rookie quarterback. Rookie quarterbacks like to throw the ball a bunch to their safety net, the tight end. Hayden Hurst scored a touchdown. He actually threw Hayden or threw um, Bryce Young's first ever touchdown into the crowd. Can't do that. But uh, I don't think Bryce Young's going to hold a grudge against him. At number 13 or 14, we got Jawan Johnson. Tight end 16 in week one. Five targets, three receptions, 36 receiving yards. 
just didn't go his way in the red zone. They threw the ball to Taysom Hill in the red zone. I think this time things will be a little bit different against Carolina. Again, they've got a lot of cooks in the kitchen, so touchdown dependent. Number 15, Kincaid. Him and Dawson Knox clearly competing for targets. This guy went four for four like he was at Wendy's for 26 receiving yards in week number one against the Jumbo Jets. Tight end 23. Soft serve matchup this week against the Raiders. I think Josh Allen is going to see all this hate on him from me on Twitter, I guess, and everyone else, and play better. Play more safe. Play more calculated. And if I had to guess if him or Knox scored a touchdown, it would be Kincaid. Number 16, Luke Musgrave. Luke Musgrave of the Packers going up against the Falcons in hot Atlanta. Tight end seven in week number one. Probably no Christian Watson. Probably no Aaron Jones. So we got Jaden Reed, Romeo throw up a dob. Romeo Dobbs and Musgrave. So if there was ever going to be a big game, it would be without all those other guys for Musgrave. Again, running a lot of routes on that first team offense. Moving now to tight end 17 through 21, 17 Chig. If Ryan Tannehill had a set of fucking eyes on him, Chig has a touchdown in week one and doesn't have zero fantasy points. But we don't live in fantasy land, right? The game happened and it is what it is. Chig put up zero. But... With that said, I don't think that's going to be the case going forward. And if Hopkins misses, even more upside for Chig. Number 18, Zach Ertz. I'm quick to panic about Ertz, even though he had 10 targets, 6 receptions. I'm quick to panic off of him because I don't know if that's going to happen again. Tight end 12 in PPR, 8 fantasy points. Good game. Flap ass? Are we going to see him get fed that much again? I don't know. If he does, though, we've got to crank him up the rankings. Crank that soldier boy for next week. Number 19, Cole Komet. Tight end six on the week. Seven targets, five receptions, 44 receiving yards. Things got to be better for the Bears in week two. Again, the Bears offense, terrible. So bounce back spot for the Bears. But... With DJ Moore there, like, Cole Komet's kind of lost a little bit of his luster. Number 20, Schultz going up against the Colts. Four targets, two receptions, four yards. CJ Stroud looked good in week one, as good as you could, could look against the Ravens. Schultz just wasn't involved. I was a Schultz guy. I would have cut him by now, to be honest with you, in a lot of stereos. I think he will end up being good because he probably is one of the most talented uh, receiving options on this offense, but... Again, I, I don't overreact to week one, but why hold on to a fucking tight end that scored two points in week one? Moving now to tight end 21, Jalen, or not Jalen, Jake Ferguson of the Cowboys. Seven targets for two receptions, 11 yards. Better days ahead for Ferguson. Jets defense scares me too much in order to rank him higher. Moving now to the F tier to close out today's video. Tight ends 22 to 24. Uh, Irv Smith, formerly of the Vikings, now on the Bungles. Five targets, three receptions, 17 yards, five fantasy points. If he scores, you're going to be happy. If not, you're going to be sad. He is the tight end one. We've seen in the past the tight end one in Cincinnati have these big spike games, but they're about as consistent as ordering a burrito at Chipotle. Sometimes they load your shit up. You're getting more meat than Jason Love. And in other scenarios... They give you a little bit of meat, no rice. It's like, what the fuck did I just pay a gazillion dollars for? I love Chipotle, though. If they want to sponsor the videos, I'll uh, blur that out. It'll be deleted off the internet, and you give me the bag. I'll take the bag. I love Chipotle. But uh, they do skimpy on chicken sometimes. Irv Smith, 
He's going to skimp you sometimes, but there's going to be scenarios where he plays good. If there was a good game, it would be here against the Ravens. Number 23, Dawson Knox one time. If you're with me, my boy, him and Kincaid got the same amount of targets. Watching the game, Kincaid looked better than Knox. Knox still has a fat contract, a juicy contract. So, Raiders matchup, good. But starting the tight end two on a team never feels great. Tight end 24, Logan Thomas. LT, but not the real OT. That's Lawrence Taylor, the coked up man himself. Eight targets, four receptions, 43 yards, eight fancy points, tight end 11. Will he be able to repeat that against Denver? I don't think so. But this is another guy where, hey, he gets, just like Ertz, oh, he gets more targets in week two? Then, oh, right, he gets eight targets again? Oh, then he keeps moving up and up and up the rankings. Thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below as well as hit that like button. This is the final video of the week. We'll be live tomorrow, Sunday morning, 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for two-hour question and answer extravaganza. If you have any questions you want me to answer, leave them in the comments. If I don't get you in the comments, you can always pay for the Patreon, $7.50 a month. You get my weekly rankings as well as answers to every single question you guys may have. I try to answer on there once a day and even on sunday when i'm live streaming talking to you guys i check out the patreon and answer questions on there i love you guys all so much i hope you have a great one and uh have a good one hit that subscribe button hit that like button click on one of the videos on your screen 